Welcome to the first episode of the Minds Never Matter podcast. We are a real play D&D podcast where we follow four adventurers as they take on the perils of their most dangerous test yet, the Adventuring College. If you're just joining us and you've never played D&D before, just don't worry. Just tune in and enjoy the story that we're about to create together. My name is Noah Bryan and I am the GM of this story. And I'm joined by some very important friends. Hi, my name is Anna Williams. I play Amelia Victisolis, a variant human paladin. Um, and I want to invite all of my friends to play two truths and a lie about their characters. Um, for Amelia, she has murdered somebody in cold blood, is secretly in love with her fiancé, and she has an affinity towards large, monstrous people. Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Tavanese. I'm going to be playing Sarthelion, or Grey, a high elf rogue. And my two truths and a lie are he has never eaten bread. Uh, he once had to spend eight hours a day for a week trying to perfect his signature. And he has a great hatred of houseflies. Hi, everybody. I'm Aaron Owens, and I'm playing Pogo Stardust, the hardworking barbarian who's doing his best to become a wizard. Uh, my true truth and a lie is that I love, Pogo loves cats and dogs equally. Uh, his parents has, have never told him that they are proud of him and that he is right-handed. Um, hello, my name is Taylor Murchie. I am playing Cecily Belgrium, a Azamar cleric. Um, and my two truths and a lie are uh, when she was younger, she accidentally infested the church with snails. She thought virginity was a part of the body until she was 16. And she, even though she worships the god of the sun, cannot grow a plant to save her life. And if you want to find out the answers to these two truths and a lie, subscribe to our Patreon, where we will talk at the after each episode, and you'll be able to find out a little bit more about our characters. And with that... Let's kick off episode one. So we open up on the world of Divi Totem. This world is split into seven regions, but first we're going to focus on the center region of Alona, where we're going to meet our first character. Anne, would you like to introduce what your character is doing? So to prepare for her first day. Um, Amelia is getting herself dressed. This is a process that she takes very seriously and with great pride. Um, instead of having servants or handmaids uh, help her get ready, she is meticulously fixing her own hair, um, her very long blue hair that goes down to about her hips. Uh, she fixes it to a half do with a very tight bun. Um, she puts on her armor, her chest plate, and finally finishes her outfit with a very long, um, very regal looking red cape uh, that is sort of pinned together with the emblem of her family, the the Solis family. She has some nervous habits, picking at her nails or whatnot, but she would never let that show in front of her parents as as she sort of heads down and makes sure that she has her battle axe prepared and her, her shield is ready to go. Awesome. So as you're getting ready and preparing yourself mentally and physically for your first day 
of heading to the adventuring college, you can walk out into kind of the main foyer of of your big house because your parents have made made a pretty good name for themselves, pretty good life. And sitting kind of in front of this hologram, you see your father, Reginald. And around him on the walls are old armors and swords and things he's kept from his time of being a soldier. And on this hologram, uh, if you look closely enough, you can see he's kind of re-watching old battles that he was either a part of or things that he wanted to learn more about. And he doesn't hear you enter. And over at the table is your mother, Marianne, who is looking over a bunch of papers on her desk as she scribbles on each one and slides them across and neither one of them put their head up as you walk in and you don't enter silently you're wearing a lot of armor but neither of them have noticed you oh absolutely um amelia sort of uh walks in and still standing still standing straight and still standing very proudly she drops her her bag to the ground and she uh looks forward in the direction of both of her parents and she says mother Father, um, today is the day that I am leaving for the Adventuring College. I'm sure you remember. <sighs> yes, dear, I remember. And she was like, it's on the calendar. And you look up and there's a red circle on the calendar that says freedom on it. <laughs> well, um, are you are you planning to see me off today? I mean, you seem to have plenty of opinions when the acceptance letter came in. So I, I assumed that uh, there would at least be some sort of bidding of farewell. We may not see each other for quite some time since I will be living on campus. She goes, oh, yes, I actually wrote a list. And you see her put down her quill and she pulls open. And this list is a good sized piece of paper just filled to the brim with writing. And your mother, with her elegant stride, it looks like she makes it to you in five short steps, even though she was across the room. And she hands you this paper, and she goes, this is our goodbye to you, and a list of everything that we expect you to do. Absolutely, mother. I I would never disappoint you. Um, and Amelia sort of quickly glances at the list before um, putting it with her things. Do you take a look at the list or are you looking at it later? She She's going to take a, a quick look at it while she's standing next to her mother. While you're taking a quick look, the words that stand out to you are don't embarrass us. And in this long list of words, you see the word Frederick appear multiple times. Mother, I see that you've included many notes about um, Sir Frederick. Is there a reason for this? I know that he will also be attending classes alongside me. Yes, he will be attending classes alongside you, but he will also be sharing a room with you. I see. Um, and you're certain that something like that is all right, since Frederick and I have not been wed yet. Me and your father have pulled some strings to make sure to keep these appearances alive. And I know you're... F oh, of, of yes? course. Yes? Continue. Please oh, interrupt was... me more. Sorry, Mother. Are you done? 
I am. I apologize. We, as Victosolis, need to keep up these appearances. And with that, that involves duties that we may not want to do. But I expect you to be a good child. One that doesn't disappoint her parents. You may now speak. I would never dream of it, mother. I, I would never, ever dream of disappointing you or father. And I even learned how to do magic from the time that the acceptance letter came in. Well, then demonstrate for me. Show me what you've learned. Um, ab- absolutely, mother. Um, would you like something more violent, more protective? Um, I can't hold your hand through life, dear. Um, Amelia is going to have a have a quick moment of anger and frustration kind of flash across her face. Um, and she is going to cast Divine Favor on her battle axe and throw it into the wall. Chuck it into the wall. And it, I mean, it sticks hard. Uh, the sort of, as it, as it like lands into the wall, this sort of um, divine, magical energy sort of bounces off of it. It's very aggressive, very um, uncontrolled. And with this, this is the first time your dad looks up from these holograms. He walks over. Your, your mom is sitting there stunned for a second. And you can't quite figure out what's on her face, what emotions are reading across her face. But your dad stands up, walks over, pulls the battle axe with one hand out. And he, he walks over to you hands it to you, and he puts a hand on your shoulder. He goes, I know you're doing your best. And I know you won't disappoint us. But you need to get your emotions in check. I know, Father. I apologize. That was incredibly out of line. Um, But it was was the closest thing to me, and I... I'm sorry. He looks at you, and his gaze kind of softens. And he looks over at Marianne. He goes, Marianne, I... I believe you said enough goodbyes. Go go back to your work. I'll make sure Amelia gets off safely. And Marianne kind of walks back to her desk and continues. And your dad puts his arm over your shoulders, and he kind of leads you towards the front door. And he picks up your bag in one hand. And as he leads you to the door, he puts his hands on your shoulders. And he goes, Amelia, you are going to do great things. Thank you, Father. I'm going to do my best. And I promise that I will not let you down or disappoint Mother either. And I won't make any mistakes. I promise. I'll keep Frederick in line as well. And with that, you see kind of something flash across his eyes. Your parents have been pretty non-emotional towards you. And you're you're seeing a lot of emotions today. And with when you bring up Frederick, he he looks down, he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out what you can tell is like a little metal shard. And he looks at it, holds it in his hands, brings it over, and he's like, this was my first combat wound. 
It was like I was blocking a sword with my shield, and the sword splintered and broke, and this piece of shrapnel ended up in my shoulder. It was like in the pain, and it still hurts me to this day, but the pain reminds me that our duty is pain, but we must do it. And I want you to have this, to remember why you're there. Of course, Father. I understand that the Victor Solis's purpose and my purpose is is far beyond petty emotional outbursts. I, I appreciate this sentiment, and I will keep it very close to my heart. I promise. And he smiles at you and goes, all right, I think it's time that you head off. Thank you, Father. And that is where we fade out on Amelia. Next, moving away from the mechanical city of Alona, we start to see green and large trees as we move through the city, or the region of Laxor. And the character that is most well-known with Laxor is Nick. Nick, would you mind telling me what your character looks like and what they're doing? Sure. So, Sarthelion is a high elf with soft yet severe features. He has long, very dark black hair that's put in a sort of half-up, half-down ponytail. He wears a long, black, functional leather coat with a set of nicely made, thin black leather armor underneath. And the most striking thing about his appearance is the coat on his right arm is cut off at about mid-bicep, and the entirety of his right arm is covered in white bandages. Uh, he, right now, is sitting in a small, dark room lit by white flame torches, sitting with the head of his organization and his guardian, Gwen Ebenhart. Gwen in this room is kind of pacing back and forth. She's starting to seem a little agitated. And she just goes, Sarthelion, I don't understand. How can you not remember the test? Gwen, this is the sixth time you have asked me this week. The sixth time! And I have told you, every time, I remember I went there, I took the test, they said they would get back to us in a couple of weeks, and that was it. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it is the adventuring college. I'm sure they have plenty of magic good enough to wipe memories, and I haven't been trained in that. <laughs> That's fair. You were always quick, aren't you? You picked up all our other trainings. I guess we should put that on our list. Well, maybe they'll teach it to me. There's enough time. We can only hope. Since you can't answer the question of what happened to the test, can you answer, do you remember what you're supposed to do when you get there? As if I haven't been told that a million times, yes. Go there, take everything I possibly can, learn everything I can about them. Take it back here, makes the organization stronger. I am your weapon, I am your blade, let's see if we can make them bleed. And with that, a devilish smile spreads across her lips as she softens a little bit from interrogating you to being happy to see all of her progress that she has put into you lead up to this point. 
And she goes, while you're there, learn everything you can, like you said. But come back alive. If I come back alive, will you finally tell me about this? And you see Sarthalion rubbing his arm, his right arm with the bandages on it. And she sighs. She looks at you. She goes, remember, you must hide the runes on your arm always. I cannot tell you what they mean now, but someday I will. And I'll tell you everything. And when I do, you will know that you are finally ready. So come back alive, and we can talk about it. Then I guess we have nothing left to talk about here. I should be going. And the door to the room opens, and there's a couple other people sitting out there, other guild members. She kind of has her arm stretched out so you can go first. She's kind of leading you to the door. And as you walk past and you start to get a little bit of ways, would you roll me a perception check? Absolutely. First roll of the campaign. The first one. And it's Lord. It's only an eight. Eight. You hear faint whispering behind you. And you can't catch most of the conversation. But you hear, and if he dies? And Gwen responds, he won't. He can't. And that is how we fade out of Laxor. And from Lush Greens, we move to the harsh cold of Glagus, where we enter an underground mountain city, where we meet our third character. Aaron, would you please describe to me your character and what they're doing? All right. So Pogo Stardust uh, normally doesn't sleep because he's he's a high elf. So right now, he especially is restless and didn't sleep the night before because he's reading over his acceptance letter over and over, just making sure he got in, just to be 100% sure. Uh, He's staying from the mirror adjusting his little wizard hat uh all blue and uh yellow stars making sure his uh sleeveless wizard robes all blue with the uh nice golden yellow stars there's all right readjusting the glasses getting the straight black hair out of his eyes uh and he's just reviewing it over and over again the same thing he's been doing for the last few hours so since you've been doing this for the last few hours you don't you don't hear your parents leave for the day. But after a couple hours, you hear a, a little knock on your door. Is that is that you, Dad? Does this knock sound like Dad's? Yeah, no. His he, I, I open the door. And standing in front of you is Nuala Stardust. And would you be so kind to describe what Nuala looks like to dear Pogo? Okay. Uh, so Pogo is 6'6", six, six, and she goes up to almost his waist or a little past his waist she's she's a tiny little uh tween of an elf uh big old glasses long blonde hair and uh she is dressed impeccably for whatever she's wearing on this morning and she there is not a spot on her clothes And as you open the door, she has the brightest smile. It lights up any room that she goes into. 
and she runs and gives you a big hug. And she's like, I can't believe you did it. She's like, I knew all that studying and all the... And she just, I'm just so excited for I you. I know, it, it paid off. Thank you so much for your help. I wouldn't have been able to get... I, I, I think I wouldn't have been able to get through without you. I don't really remember, but... I did it. We did it. Thank you so much. And she goes, you... And I'm just going to pick her up and spin her around. She goes, you could have done it without me. And she's giggling the whole time that you spin her around. And she's like, come on, I made us breakfast. Oh, okay. Uh, where's mom and dad? They, um, they left for work this morning. I mean, they're, they're pretty busy. I, yeah, I, I yeah, they're, that. they're busy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, what's what's for breakfast? I made us pancakes. What do, what do you make for me? I, I made us pancakes in the shape of the school emblem. Oh, that's so cool! Good job, short stack making flapjacks. And so yeah, you you go out to the kitchen table, and it's you live in a pretty nice place. So your kitchen has lots of stoves, and it's very well lit. And s- sitting on the table are the emblems of the school, which are little mind flares. And she she sits down across from you and pulls like six of the flapjacks and they are almost as big as she is. She just she got so excited. She might have went a little overboard on the amount of pancakes she made. Pogo's gonna eat every single one that she made, period. And she is just beaming and she goes, Okay, so tell me, what are you most excited for? I am most excited for the arcane class. I am really excited to start doing more with my magic and then is going to cast Gust and make a little breeze in the house. And her hair just kind of flows behind her and you didn't think her smile could get any bigger, but it does. She's like, I knew you had that magic ability in you. I All those people were doubting you, but I never did. I, I it was, that was a lot of study. There, was, there was, were so many books I went through. But I'm so happy we did it. Are, are you are you going to be okay without me around? Yeah, I, I'm sure I'll I'll manage, and it doesn't mean we can't write and and talk, and hopefully I can come visit sometimes. You know, if I can get out of all I, my stuff, I will write you every day. And she, she goes, "You better! I'm gonna hold you to that." Mm-hmm. And she goes, "All right, we need to get you going. We don't want you late for your first day." Oh, I'm so nervous. What 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 if they what if I get there and they say it was a mistake? Like you're not good enough. We don't want you. Go home. And she stops you and she goes, "Remember, Pogo. Only idiots call people idiots. So don't pay anyone any mind who doesn't respect you." I'm just going to pick her up and just give her the biggest bear squeeze. Something that I forgot to mention. Your room would be pretty plain, wouldn't it? Yeah, not nothing too too fancy. There's like a big desk maybe like a yoga mat and then that's really in the bed and you're kind of at the bottom of this bottom of the basement of the basement it's a basement and a basement and so you come up and as you're heading out the door you you pass by Nuala's room and you can't help but look in and in there you see like everything that could a young girl could want all the stuffed animals the big bed you you can tell that your parents put a lot more money into that room and she sees you looking in and she takes your hand and pulls you further and she goes you know mom and dad are proud of you just, just 
I, I, I know. They're, they're my parents. They, they're, they're proud of me. And she's like, probably. <laughs> With that, she gives you one more hug, and then pulls away, and she punches you on the shoulder, and she's like, "All right, you big lug, get out of here." I'm gonna just kind of push, push her on the forehead back, and you head out of the door and enter the very fancy chariot that awaits you to take you to school. And finally, the fields of white turn into fields of wheat and grains as we find ourselves in the plains of Grana. And here we meet our final character. Taylor, would you please describe your character and what they're doing on this beautiful sunny day? So Cecily is um, a, like, 5'2", uh, Azamar, um, and she just, the whole aura of her just looks like it glows in the sunlight. Um, she's got this golden blonde hair that matches the weed outside, and she's got this suntanned skin from running around in fields and helping work on the farm, and she's got these pupilless almost golden eyes that swirl like honey in the sunlight. And she is frantic. Uh, She is running around trying to pack for this great adventure that she has no idea what's in store. And she's so anxious. You see a slew of uh, these little origami dragons all over her desk. And she just kind of sweeps them into her bag. Um, And she's quickly deciphering which plant she can take and which ones she has to leave because her room is covered in them. (laughs) And in this hectic amount of room, would you hear the knock that is at the door? I think it would take her a second, but she might. (laughs) Oh, uh, be right there. One second. And the knocking just doesn't stop till you go to the door. I'm coming. I'm coming. And she, she just like puts everything down on her bed and just, Runs over to open the door. And standing at the door is someone you know so well. And it's Father Gordell Bogriam. And his little hunched back as he's old. The sunlight always seems to be on his face somehow, some way. And on his face today is a sad little smile. And he goes, oh, Cecily. And he's like, it's finally time. Why are you so frantic? Because, because I, I don't, I mean, I don't know who's going to take care of my plants while I'm gone. And I don't, I don't even remember how I got into this and, and they can wipe your memories and they, they, if they have no problem doing that, what else do they have no problem doing to you? And, and, uh, I, I don't know if I made enough little dragons for everybody. And I, I don't, what if they don't like me? He takes your hands and he goes, my child. Long ago, when I was left here, I founded my destiny to be the next caretaker of this temple. But your lies in something far greater. Something as grand and important as the sun itself. You are fated to light up the whole sky with your brilliance. Cecily, they are going to love you. They're going to love you as much as I love you. I'm going to miss you. And with that, a little tear starts to form, and it's golden. And he he goes, oh, child, I'm going to miss you more than the sun itself. And that's saying a lot, because I work at the sun temple. <laughs> and and he, he goes, don't worry about your plant. 
Griom's light will shine on them and make them bloom, and I will give them water every day, and each day that I water them, I'll be thinking of you. Well, I'm, I'm going to take this one with me. Do you think they'll let me have them? And it's like this tiny little succulent. I'm sure that would be okay. All right. She kind of very carefully places him in him. His name is like Pete or something and places him in her bag among all the origami dragons. With that, he, he looks at you. He's like, can I see Pete really quick? Uh, all right. And she just picks him up, hands him over. He holds it in his hand and he you hear under his breath he says a prayer for griom one that you would know well it's just kind of the standard blessing and from this beautiful green color it turns a bright yellow and has a faint glow and he goes this is so you can remember us here don't don't go forgetting us when you're all big and famous being an incredible adventurer <laughs> i don't know about famous but i don't think i could ever forget you regardless and he goes, with that one final thing, and he hands you a locket in the shape of Griom's emblem, and on the back of it, it says, let's Griom's light shine forever and always. And then under that, you see, it's a very large pendant to write all these words. And he goes, and it writes there, if there's no other option but to fight, you had better be victorious. And then it just says, signed, Father Gradell, Bogriam. She just kind of takes it for a moment. And she says, wow, the inscription, you really worked him on this one, huh? <laughs> I started to run out of space, but uh, I just wanted to make sure that you remembered all the lessons I've taught you here. You know, everyone here gets to call you father, but I'm glad that I get to be the one to call you dad. And with that, the tears fully run down his face. And he goes, okay, you need to get out of here before before I flood the place. And she, she says, not before a last hug. And she, th this stout dwarven man gets just picked up by this, 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 this stout Azamar woman. And she gives him a big squeeze. And he squeezes you back. And as we feel the warm embrace of that hug, we are going to fade to black. And in the fading to black, we're going to fast forward a little bit. At this point, you all would have made it to the Adventuring College of Alona, or ACE, as it is known. And most of you are getting, you've put your stuff in your rooms. Each of you have your own rooms that you can turn into what you would like. And we'll probably find out more about them next time. And most of yours are pretty uneventful. You just put your stuff in and you head to the lecture hall that is held in orientation that you got with your orientation letter. Except for one of you who's going to have a little extra. Amelia Victisolis. The words of your family ring in your head of duty, of not embarrassing your family. And the one word that keeps ringing in your head over and over again is Frederick. Uh, she is feeling very not anxious but she is angry at her parents for meddling she understands that she is in a political marriage arrangement with this person um but she 
does not like, especially with how their relationship is right now, that they are forced to share a room together, especially because part of her plan for making her parents proud, it was to blend and assert authority over everybody in the school. And now she's freaking out because she's already going to be different because she's living with her boyfriend. Fiance, not boyfriend. (laughs) Your fiance. And as you're thinking about all of these things that are flying through your brain, you finally reach the door to your room. And it's kind of off away from all the others. There haven't been many double rooms and they aren't used very often. Um, Amelia sort of takes stock of the hallway as she sort of looks around at the other doors and takes note of the fact that hers is, is pretty detached from the rest of the world. And she takes a deep breath. She inhales. She opens the door. And when you open the door, you are met with the room divided, split down the middle, in tape. Oh, God, Frederick! And Frederick whips around. Would you mind describing Frederick for the listeners? Frederick Frederick is a very tall human. Um, he, he's about 6'4". Maybe he's very lean muscle. Um, he has very long violet hair, very princely attire. He's very put together. Um, he's very conventionally attractive with a, with a sharp jawline, um, high cheekbones, glittering eyes. It's a very princely, knightly type wood. Um, and Amelia is just looking at him with disgust and just like, this this almost childlike anger. He turns and as he's looking at you and he goes, Oh, what, is baby gonna cry? I cannot believe that you wasted so much time thinking about me that you put all of this tape on the floor. It's it's really, really showing of, you know, what you've got going on up there, and she kinda points at her head. Well, you know, I have a lot of time to think about other things since uh, my girlfriend went missing. You wouldn't happen to... I have nothing to do with that. Okay. Good to know. Well, I'll just keep that in my little brain that's just so obsessed with thinking of you as you seem to think. Well, you're the one who put the tape on the floor and gave me my own private space, which I would have preferred anyway. I would rather puke than share a bed with you. And as you say that, you look over to the bed, and it's a king-size bed, but the tape is going down the middle of the bed, too. Like, you're not quite... He didn't fully think this through of how he's going to pull the blankets down with the tape on them. She she looks at that, and she thinks about what she just said about sharing a bed, and she shakes her head, and she's like, you know, it's not like I would expect you to not waste your time with other common-blooded women here anyway. Just keep your business private. If anyone sees you fooling around, it'll look bad for both of us. I've learned from last time. I'll make sure it's all private. We don't want to have a repeat incident. Oh, please. What are you going to get over Violetta? <gasps> she dumped you because you're a loser, Frederick. And as you say the name Violetta, he slams his hand into the wall. And he's like, keep her name out of your fucking mouth. Already punching walls? Really becoming of you. We'll see what becomes of you if you keep this up. 
Oh, very clever, Frederick. Oh, very clever, Frederick. Oh, my God, you are in. I have trouble. more tape than this. I will tape this entire room if I need to. Oh, go for it. That'll look really charming. You think you are so special because your daddy pulled strings to get you in here. He goes, you don't belong here, Amelia. My father did no such thing. If anything, the trashy Von Vespera family is the one who needs us. <sighs> the only reason that we're engaged in the first place is because my dad saved your dad's life on the battlefield. You would be nothing without the Victisolis family. The only reason your dad saved my dad is because he has a superiority complex and he just had to throw himself. My dad could have died in battle and died gloriously and been a hero, but no, your dad had to throw all that away. Oh, well, if your dad had passed away, then I wouldn't be blessed with your presence to put all of this tape on the wall. God, you are... Oh, Frederick! <laughs> and she kind of just like slams her bag on her side of the room. And it's hanging over the tape just a little bit, and you see Frederick push it just a little bit more, so it's hanging off the tape. I see precision is important to you. I'll keep that in mind. Don't worry. And with that, he just kind of huffs, and he storms out of the room. She takes another deep breath, and she pulls out the list that her mom gave her, and she puts it on whatever table surface or desk space is nearby. Perfect. And are you doing anything else in the room? Um, I. <laughs> she sort of looks at the tape, and she is going to whatever whatever loose corner there is. She's gonna she's gonna take what she can of the tape and inch it just a little bit more, so she has like just like a couple centimeters more of room space. Amazing. As you do that, if um if you kind of look out in the hall, you see that. Frederick is waiting for you outside, and he's standing at the doorway. He's like, whatever makes you happy, but we're going to have to hold hands on the way to orientation. Did your mother want us to hold hands? Yes, mother wanted us to hold hands. Does she want us to take a photo later? Yes, she wants us to take a photo later. Fine. She also would like to hear from you. I do love your mother. And, you know, Marianne misses you. And she'll she'll go out there and she'll aggressively take Frederick's hand in her own. He's like, God, why are your hands so clammy? Uh, why do you think I had to talk to my mother this morning? And as you just, the bickering kind of fades as you all head to orientation. And orientation is at being held in a very large room with all different kinds of species of you even see monster species of kobolds and goblins as well as as well as orcs and humans and elementals you, everything you can imagine in the D&D universe is in this room all sitting and talking and the roar of all these voices is almost deafening so you see all of these students and then eight teachers are kind of up front and talking as well and there's a podium that has no one behind it None of you would have known each other yet, so you're all kind of scattered around the room. Except for Amelia and Frederick, of course. Frederick having a very strained smile. Amelia's eyes are just rolling every time they make eye contact. She purposefully just looks as annoyed as possible. And where, where would each of you be sitting in this large lecture hall? I would definitely be all the way in the back. 
Cecily would want to sit up into the front, but sees all that people, all those people, and gets really anxious. And so she is also like in the back. Pogo has worked his way up to the very front, probably obstructing people's view, still wearing the big hat on top of just yeah, you your voices. Hey, take the hat off! What are you doing, loser? Take the hat off! And just all the different. He's just voices. sitting there, just kind of just. Refusing to. Are you just saying the mantra of there? They call you an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> Leave them alone. Um, Amelia and Frederick are also, if not in the front row, they're towards the front row. So you all are settled in, and the roar of the students can't quite make out what the teachers are saying, but you see some of them laughing and talking until finally from a back room, you see an Asimar and... She is stunning. Even before she reaches the podium, the voices start to quiet down. And there's still a couple, and it is full silence after her silver wings open from behind her back. A hush falls over the crowd. And then she speaks. And she doesn't need any kind of enhancement for her voice to carry across all of you. Welcome aspiring adventurers to the Adventuring College of Alona. My name is Juno Everhart, and I am the headmaster of this fine establishment. Behind me are the instructors that will give you the skills needed to be successful. You will each choose two classes that you want to excel in, and will attend those classes until you have grown proficient in these areas. I would like each of you to look to your left, and now to your right. And all the hand, all the head. These people will become your allies, but more importantly so, your lifelines. Adventurers can't act alone. So for this, please reach under your seat. And as you all reach under your seat, everyone is. Each of you will find a list of four seat numbers. These will be your new adventuring party. If you don't like who you're paired with, too bad. You must learn how to work with all different types of people. Once we have completed orientation, you will have time to meet your new party and get acquainted. My final words to you are good luck and may the gods shine their faith on you. And as you look at your numbers, on each of your papers, you see 17A, 27B, 3W, and 42Z. And as you look behind you, these are each your numbers on your seat. These were not assigned seats, correct? They were not assigned seats. Pure random. And with that, Juno Everhart claps her hands and she goes and disperse and meets your new lifelong friends. Amelia sort of smirks to Frederick whenever she gets up and she says try not to die without me I'll see you tonight and she'll she'll go to find the other seat numbers wow what a coincidence that all the players gotta are, are in the same party guys weird I was getting real nervous I couldn't leave it up yeah. to chance <laughs> <laughs> you should have had us roll for it and then magically it all Lined up. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. that be cool? But I don't trust it. <laughs> no, no. It, no matter what we rolled, you would have been like, "Oh, this is your." Aaron, I play in that, and then sometimes I don't know how I rig it, and then it still backfires. <laughs> <laughs> you get none of us know each other. We never work you, together. That's you this whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna split this podcast Everybody into four separate podcasts. NPCs. <laughs> Everyone gets four assigned NPCs. <laughs> uh, Sarthelion would sit in his seat he wouldn't get up he would wait for people to come to him uh 
Pogo is going to stand on top of his chair and just start reading the numbers really loud that he was assigned. <laughs> <and> like <laughs> Z42! Z42! And What was the other uh, one? Sorry. 3W, 27B, and 17A. 3W, 17... Oh, wait, no. Uh, 17A... Did you see a little gnome code? Did you say 17B? Uh, no, 17A. Oh, thank God, I thought I was going to be stuck with Wizard Boy, and he hobbles off. And you just see from the crowd a little hand shoot up, and she says, uh, 3W right here! And she's just gathering up all of her things and rushing over to you. Is everyone going to meet, or, or are we going to do a... Amelia will also follow the Pogo Beacon. <laughs> In, yes. The Pogo Beacon, and as the rest of the students kind of clear out, they're like, oh, we're going to go meet outside, and then all this such, until you just left as the three of you and Sarthelian Grey sitting in his seat, not moving. Just have, like, my hands <laughs> on the bridge of my nose. You heard him yell out your number eight times and no response. <laughs> I don't think 27B is here. I looked at the back of my chair, like, four times to make sure that he was saying mine. <laughs> Oh, he might be hard of hearing. Are you 42Z? Does anyone know sign language? Cecily's just like, four. I speak common. Thank you. I'm coming. I'm coming. And here's where all four of our adventurers meet for the first time, sitting in the orientation hall of the Adventuring College of Alona. And what do you all do when you first meet each other? Amelia is sizing these people up. She is looking them all up and down, guesstimating as much as she can about them at a glance. You know, can, the can look... we get a little bit of insight into that? Um, as in, like, what she's sort of thinking yeah, about you it, all. Like, just like quick thought of what everyone of everyone. <sighs> Amelia glances at Cecily, and her first thought is, "Holy woman, healing magic." Probably not a fighter. Maybe? She looks at Sarthelion and she says, gonna end up in prison. She looks at Pogo. <laughs> she looks at Pogo and she thinks, interesting. And that's about it on that. Um, you know that look that, like, golden retrievers will give you when they're meeting a brand new person for the first time? That's just what Cecily looks like. She just can barely contain herself. Uh, <laughs> she really wants to just like stick out a hand for a handshake but she's waiting for someone else to go first because she's too anxious to do it so she's just like Pogo's absolutely going to stick out a hand for you to shake and she just grabs it and she says I'm Cecily Belgriano it's so nice to meet you oh I, I have something for all of you Pogo Stardust so nice to meet oh, you it's so good to meet you I have, I have something for all of you but I didn't make enough for everybody in the auditorium <laughs> I was a little nervous about that but I have one at least for each of you and she pulls out a little yellow paper dragon she hands one to each of you. I'll take it and oh. I'll put it in my pocket. My inner coat pocket. And meeting meeting Cecily oh. is very unsettling because she has this uncanny look about her being an Asimar. And so she's just got this big grin on her face. But just it's it has got this like there's something off energy. <laughs> you are a very interesting looking person. Where are you from? Uh oh, I'm from Grana. I'm from the uh the the Griam Temple. That's um out in the in in the east section. What about you? Where are you from? I am from Laxor. Lived there all my life. Lots of trees. Well, that sounds lovely. 
I don't think I've ever been there before. You can do better. Well, what what about the rest of you? Where are y'all from? Uh, I'm from uh, Glagus. You look like you could handle the cold. Um, I grew I grew up here in Alona. Oh. Ooh. Oh, you're a city gal. All right. Something like that. So how long have you lived in the school? Oh, in the school? Yeah, you're from here. Oh, I, um, from, from Alona. Not the college itself. Oh, oh, okay. Amelia's new insight about Pogo is himbo. Hmm. Uh, Sarthelion will turn to Amelia, and he will say, Should I bow? Unnecessary. We're comrades, but if you ever feel the need, I'll gladly accept. Be sure to keep that in mind, Madame Royalty. Oh, are you uh, are you some kind of royalty around here? I don't I don't know how this city works. Uh, I don't know what uh, what their governmental system is exactly. Are you like nobility? Not uh, royalty, but nobility. Yes, my parents work in the justice system. What is your family name? Uh, Victor Solis. Ah, the Victor Solis. I'm pretty sure I stole something from your neighbors last week. I'll be sure to tell my father about that. What was your name again? Sathelion. But call me Grey. Surprised you're being so honest after, you know, admitting to a crime. Well, the people I have back home are, uh, good at lining pockets. All right. I'll, um, I'll try to remember that. It will be a pleasure to start disliking you. Likewise. Well, that's just lovely. Um... Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of the Victor Solis, uh, but it's quite lovely to meet you. Um, what is it that we all do? It might be nice to like get to know our abilities at the same time so that we could strategize if we ever need be. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to school here to work on my magic and develop that. I'm studying history and arcane studies. That's, that's my main focus. Ah, that is a very interesting wand you have there. With oh, a lot no, of metal this, this is a blades. great axe. Great axe. He just takes off this just massive hunk of iron off his back. I, 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 I haven't really used this too much in combat yet, but uh, I, I, I tend to... I, I, I just want to work on the magic more than anything else. Well, you have the height and you have the mass in case the magic fails. Well, uh, if you ever want to spar, and she pulls out her giant mace... Um, I, I mean, I kind of surpassed all the people back home, so it'd be nice to have somebody on my level to fight with, um, if you would be able to do that for me, because I, I, I still want to work on the combat, if that's, uh, your thing. Oh, you all like sparring, and Amelia sort of equips her, her battle axe, and she says, the only person who's ever been able to beat me, um isn't exactly on good terms with me right now, but I would love the opportunity to spar with some somebody new. Um, I do warn, I tend to go a bit overboard, so you'll have to forgive me if you lose a limb or something. Well, without injuries, you wouldn't have healing magic. And she kind of just like waves her little hand and some gold sparkles come off of it. Could I make a check to see if while Amelia is saying this and kind of puffing herself up, if I could pull out a dagger and put it to her throat. Uh, Can I do a contested Yeah, this will, well? this will definitely be contested. Um, 
PvP. PvP to start <laughs> off. Okay. I'm not trying to swing at right. her. Right. So I think I'm, it would be. I'm just trying to like, like if I pull it out and just kind of leave it here. For I think it's going to be dexterity to see how quickly you can pull this out and get it to her throat. And Amelia, it your contested skill is going to be, I guess, perception to see if you can see it coming. So it'll be a perception okay. versus dexterity. I rolled a very humble 11. Oh, very humble indeed. I rolled an even humbler natural one. You, <laughs> you pull out your knife. And you go to, like, try to put it to her throat, and it goes flying into <laughs> the auditorium. And it kind of sticks into the wall of the entrance. And as you all look up to see where this knife was, you see a, a student standing there. It looks like a fourth-year student. And he's just, like, holding an orientation guide, and his hands start shaking. He goes, well, um... Um, I was asked to check to see if there was any other uh, students that needed to head out to the club area. Because that's next on the list. Um, if you guys would like to follow me, or if you need more time to figure out whatever's going on here. No, I think that would be perfect. Her reaction time is excellent. excellent. Do I know that that was targeted at me? I don't know. Because uh, like, he just kind of throws it on a wall. Per- because perception eleven is not great either. <laughs> it's really not. I'll kind of just play it off a little bit, like I meant to do that, and be like, "That is what I." I was did. like, "I'll let you play it off if you want <laughs> to." I think that wall is a hundred percent dead. You really, you really could target a really massive amount of space. You know, if you, if the whole wall was your target, I do believe you hit it. Um. Amelia sort of mutters under her breath, hoping that nobody hears. And she she sort of mutters, would have been more impressive if you had actually hit him. Can I make a perception? I would also like to make a perception check on that one. <laughs> you go for it. Ooh, Cecily has good perception. 19. And it was per- to perceive 16. what again? To like hear what Amelia said under her breath about actually hitting the guy. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Amelia, were you trying to do that quietly? I'll give you a roll if you want, or you can let him hear it. She was trying to be quiet, but also Amelia's not used to working in groups, so she's probably not the best whisperer. Okay, so yeah, you guys pick up on what she just said about hitting this poor, poor fourth year that just came to get you all. For a child of the police, you are rather violent towards innocent people. <laughs> She's just gonna walk away towards this poor shaking man. I'll just turn and I'll be like, if I wanted to hit him, I could have. <laughs> well, I will encourage you to, but the next time you have the opportunity to hit somebody, you should definitely maybe partake in some target practice. You're rising quite quickly on that list. Oh, another spar buddy, I see. Anytime you would like, my dear. Amelia sort of um, shrugs and winks, and she'll uh, she'll scamper very bubbly over to this fourth year and pretend like nothing happened. Uh, so you all reach the fourth student, and he's like, okay, okay, so I guess we're going. And you see on his little name tag, and he goes, hi, my name is Stu D, with a period. 
and he goes, all right, I'll, I'll walk you out to where all the clubs are meeting and, um, I'll answer any questions along the way. You know, it's a pretty short walk, so probably not too many questions. So, so make sure they count. So Stu D, uh, what, what do you study here? Oh, as a fourth year student, I'm actually in my, my training portion where I go out and they send me to other guilds in the other lands. And so I'm kind of nearing the final ones, but I really enjoy being here and teaching new students. So I'm actually training to be a new teacher. Hopefully kind of like oh, a... What, oh, what are you trying to uh, teach? Uh, my my biggest thing is uh, a history. Oh, so you must know a lot about all the places that you've been to. I'm learning quite a bit more. And he was like, yeah, I'm not much for combat, as you can't tell, and his legs are still shaking where uh, the knife still landed near him. Do you happen to have a particular focus in history that you enjoy? Or do you sort of love learning anything you can about all of the lands? I kind of just like learning basic knowledge about everything and not super deep knowledge. That seems like it'd be really I hard see. to come up with on the spot. Oh, that's that's fair. <laughs> that seems like the perfect mode of study for a historian teacher, right? To know a little bit about everything. Yeah, like I can tell you all the names of the lands. I can tell you the names of all the teachers here. Um, it's like I, I got a pretty good understanding of, of the big gods. And he's like, yeah. Isn't that just common knowledge most of the time? Well, hey, looks like we're here. For a really long time to get all this. And he goes, "Look, we're at the the club grounds. You guys are wonderful, lovely, lovely group." Um, yep. If you if you need anything else, uh, Stu is my name, and uh, history is my game. Nice Stu to a, meet you, Stu. I'll give Stu a pat on the back, and I'll say, "It's been a pleasure." And uh, Stu walks uh, up. Oh, yes. Cecily's going to like look up to Sarthalia and be like, Darling, did you leave your knife in that wall? I hit my targets. Might as well leave it too. That, I just feel like that. Oh, you know what? Bless your heart. And she's just going to walk away. <laughs> Bless your heart. Great. You all are at the club grounds that Stu has so graciously brought you to. And you see a lot of the students from the orientation just kind of milling around. You see the booths that each club are at. So you, you see like a bugbear with a couple pots and pans in front of them, uh, kind of an alchemy kit on one of the stands. See a couple athletes thrown around an egg shaped ball, stuff like that. Uh, do you guys kind of want to know each of the clubs that you can go to? And if you want to interact with any of them more. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So you, of course, yeah. So you, Kind of in order, you see Culinary Club, who has the bugbear, and he he's talking with a couple other students, uh, showing them the pots that he that he has, and you can see he's very excited about cooking and baking. Uh, you notice Weaponry Club, uh, with a short dwarf that has a neck beard, and he's has all these weapons, swords, uh, guns that he's created, stuff along those lines. And you can see he's like very excitedly talking about him. A couple shurikens, mall ninja stuff. And then you see the alchemy test and no one's really around the alchemy club. You see the cheer team, the cheers, they're cheering along and you see a tiefling kind of with her. What are those? The bullhorn yelling like A, C, E and has a really fun cheer. You see the group throwing around the egg ball uh, with the fire genasi kind of leading them in drills. See a band with a little Warforged gnome. We're combining stuff. And 
he's kind of messing around with all the different instruments. History Club is a tabaxi sleeping on a on a pile of books. And then you see the Young Mages Collective of Adventurers, or the YMCA, with a human kind of teaching different spells, small spells that they're doing. You see them launching colors back and forth, having a great time. And then finally is a response organization of tactical combat. And you see this little fairy flying around each of the each of the cadets as they're doing combat and learning combat drills. And you see a couple of them rolling down a hill really fast as this fairy's yelling at him, move, move, move. And those are all the clubs you see and all the students are milling about. Do any of these speak to the rest of you? Uh, I, I... No, no, you go, darling. I, I, I'm interested in the YMCA over there. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the only one that really perks my interest. What about you guys? Um, well, I've been known to spread good cheer. So perhaps I'll take up cheerleading. Two qualities yes. that I definitely possess. Oh, are you, are you very... Quiet already. <laughs> are you acrobatic? Like, do you do you know how to do all the flips and stuff that they're doing over there? I can definitely be the base for a human pyramid. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go check out the alchemy club, just, you know, medicine and all that. Uh, it might, might be useful. Um, anybody else want to play to their strengths? And she's just <laughs> looking at Sir Thelion. <laughs> like, pick something that makes sense for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not everyone picked the same club. That would be too easy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I would attend the alchemy with you, my dear. Oh, okay. I'm curious. Well, I would I would be delighted to have the company. Great. So we'll start with the alchemy club. Who you you see him tinkering. You see a Aarakocra. And you've never seen an Aarakocra wear glasses before, but this Aarakocra has heavy lens glasses he's just pouring potions back and forth kind of figuring out new things and you would you like to roll a perception check for me absolutely oh that's a 10 i also got a 10 oh we match you can kind of notice that a lot of the older students that may be helping out around the area are steering clear of the alchemy club and kind of like shooting weary glances over at him as he's tinkering with bottles. And as you get over, he goes, oh my gosh. Well, well, hello there. My name, oh, I'm so sorry. My name is Albert Trismake and, and I am the Alchemy, Alchemy Club uh, president um, and treasurer and, and, and notary and, and member and only member. But, but, but welcome. Uh, uh, what brought you over to... To my little, my little booth. Well, potions are always convenient to have in the field, and uh, I tend to be a blade in the dark. Do you make poison? Oh yeah, and he pulls out. And he's like, I make poison. I make health potions. I make um, 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 um I, I, I make, I make bombs. And at the mention of bombs, yeah, and at, and he's like, you know, but they're they're just to use out in the field, you know, and they like fire or poison gas. Well, I am oh. one that with an affinity to fire. Um, so you make I poisons the bomb up. and antidotes. Oh, uh, mm. all right. I'll trust you with that one. Um, 
do, do, do you make poisons and the antidotes or do you just make the poison part? Oh, I, I do. I do it all. Like I kind of a little bit of potion, a little bit of poison, a little bit of a little bit of antidote. Um, sometimes people ask me for just solely poison with no antidote and, a, you know, morally it's kind of ambiguous, but. Have you ever I, thought I about friends, having a so. waiver to be signed for everyone that you sell the poisons, telling them that, you know, you are not responsible for what you do with them? Yeah, so I, I do, and I, I have them sign a waiver, and that way there's always a paper trail, but the paper trail kind of leads back to me sometimes. I had a whole run-in with the cops one time. They are like, have you been making this poison? I was like, well, yeah. They go, well, okay. They were just so shocked that I just said yes right out the gate. Well, honesty is always the best policy, and I believe that uh, uh, poison uh, leads to a lot of medical discoveries. Exactly. Like death. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been <laughs> making potions? I've been making potions since I was about two. My my dad got me the, the little alchemy kit, and oh man, I just... We had to move four times, but I just couldn't stop myself from, from playing with it. Uh, what kind of bomb is this? That that one? It's just a bomb. It's one of the explodey kinds. It's just a bomb. If I say I will join your club, can I keep it? I, I don't know if you can keep it, but, but I can teach you how to make it. Also, before I join, why are you the only member? Oh, well, you know, alchemy is pretty dangerous. And he's like, hold on, let me, let me get the, the sign-up sheet. And he turns around, and you notice that his entire back is just missing all of its feathers. It looks like it's been burned off. You notice there's a little fire in the ground kind of behind where the booth was. And he turns around, and it's a half-burnt clipboard. And he goes, well, luckily I got a real good memory. You can just tell me your name and how to contact you, and I'll get right. I'll, I'll figure it out. Do you not? There's a, there's, I think it's a little, um... I think you're cooking the grass behind you, darling. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, one of my new necromancy potions. You know, you throw it at the grass and it kills all the grass. And then I, but it started working too well. So then I threw a fire potion at it and then they burnt the, burnt the necromancy away. But then the the grass caught fire and then I really should start making sign up sheet. Do you, do you not have water on you? You make potions. Isn't that like kind of a base for things? A water potion. That's such a good idea. I do. I do have quite a few of those. Um, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll sign I up. Mean, I do not think you should be questioning him so much. He is the expert. No, you are the expert. Well, we're anyone in the, in the club membership can, uh, can have good ideas. I live by the philosophy that everyone ha can have a good idea. And there's no such thing as a bad idea. I, of course, I wasn't questioning any any skills. Clearly, the fire potion works very well. Um, I I would um, yes, I would like to sign up. Um, I I do a lot of healing magic, and I believe potions can assist me when my spell slots <laughs> run out. Great. Well, let's sign you up then. You start to tell them your information, and that's kind of where we're going to move to the next club as you guys finish out filling out your pre burnt forms. And we are going to go to the cheer club. So as Amelia starts to approach the cheer club booth, she feels this almost like anxious tightness in her chest, right? And she she glances over to the cooking club with the bugbear. 
and she does a quick glance to make sure that none of her party members can see her. And she runs over to that club booth instead. Okay, you... A twist. Um, you... <laughs> you run over to the... With me? No. <laughs> you run over to the cooking club. And you see quite a few students kind of standing around. And the bugbear is teaching them how to bake a quick cake. He's like doing a little demonstration of what the cooking club does. He goes, and first you're going you're gonna to break two eggs. And the two eggs go in here and you, you whip them up all good. And then you put some flour in. And, and, and he trails off because I really don't know how to make a cake. And... <laughs> uh, I, I knew there was flour and there's eggs, and that's as far as I got. There's an oven involved, <laughs> and he he's stirring up the pot, and he kind of looks up at you and makes eye contact with you and stops stirring. Oh, um, I I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, my apologies. Carry on if if you feel the need. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, are you interested in cooking club? I mean, we can, um, we always are taking new members and, um, you look like, you know, how, how to bake, not because you're a girl, um, just because you have, yeah. <laughs> Amelia, like she, she glances around again. She makes sure that none of her new party members are looking. She makes sure that Frederick is gone off somewhere that he's not around. And she leans in and she says, Yes, I would very much love to learn how to bake. I need you to roll me a perception check for Frederick. Oh, God. <laughs> that is an eight. You can't see him anywhere. Okay. Good for me. Good for you. He goes, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to bake, I I mean, we can bake, we can cook. Um, I'll teach you everything you need, everything you can want to know about it. Wonderful. That sounds great. Um, where Where is the sign-up sheet? I'm not trying to, to run off too quickly, um, but I don't... And it's nothing against you. It's nothing against the baking club. I don't want anyone to see me here. He goes, no, I, I totally understand. Uh, we're not the we're not the coolest club. And he, he's like, hold on, let me just find it. And he starts rummaging around, uh, kind of under all the pots and pans. And as you're waiting, as you're waiting for the sign-up sheet, you feel a tap on your shoulder. Oh, God. She turns around. And standing there is Frederick. Hello, darling. Oh, the culinary club, huh? Well. Are you getting started on your wifely duties? Well, if I'm going to be stuck with you forever, I need to make sure that I can cook as well as your mommy can. Now, don't I? You mean that as an insult, but my mom can make a mean hash brown. Okay, yes, I know that, Frederick. I've been to your house. We grew up together. Now, go on. Don't you have to join, like, the ROTC or something? No, I was actually thinking about going out for cheerleading. Oh, you're going to be a cheerleader. Yeah, I already talked to the to the captain over there, and she says I just have something, something special. Yeah, I think we have a real connection. Oh, yeah? Um, how about the connections you had with at least five other girls while we were growing up? Yeah, I'm hoping to make that number bigger while we're here. I, I imagine so. Um... <laughs> Just don't let it fall back on me. I don't want your humiliating common blood prospects to make me look bad. Because whatever. Have fun with your bugbear. 
He kind of throws a disdainful look. You know what? Maybe I will. Right before he walks off, he gives you a peck on the cheek, and he, as you hear him walking away, he's like, and like, <laughs> she does the finger in the mouth gag. <laughs> and he walks away to go back to the cheerleading where he is talking to the cheer captain. She rolls her eyes and she turns to see if she can sign the sign up. Yeah, he's just kind of cover has been blown. He's just kind of holding it there, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I found it." My name's Jeffrey, by the way. Um, Jeffrey Cook. Jeffrey Cook. I'll um, you know, quite quite fitting considering your your club role. Are you faculty or what year? Are oh you? no, I'm I'm a second year. Uh. Oh, I see. I see. Um, well, thank you, and she'll she'll sign the, the sign-up sheet. Amelia, you know, dots her eyes very precisely, and um, she nods to him, and she says, I'll be seeing a lot more of you, Jeffrey, and she walks away. Awesome, and you walk away, and we are going to go to our club, the Young Mages Collective of Adventurers, and you just see him going, ha-ha, take that! And as sparks and colors fly you see a human kind of leading and he's like hey great work thaddeus that's awesome spell kim good light cantrip i love what you're doing and he turns around he's like oh hey dude oh uh good good marrow fellow mages i i'm a prolific caster myself looking to join your gracious club he goes ah i can totally tell i love your outfit man that is sick Thank you so much. And he's like, yeah, come on, show me show me what you got. And he's going to just take a deep, big breath, and he's going to cast Gust by just blowing very hard. All right, all right. Uh, pretty good stuff. You know, great start. Um, what else can you do? Show me, show me some other stuff. Um, that, that's it? All right, yeah. Hey, no worries, no worries. We're, we're going to we'll, we'll figure something out. Don't worry. You know, the YMCA is for everyone. <laughs> He goes, hey, do you have any do you have any questions for me? You know, I can get you signed up if you're pretty set. Um, so what exactly do you guys do? Like, what 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 is the activities? What is the learning uh, that goes on here? Yeah, so we're we're learning new cantrips. You know, a lot of the the young mages are wizards, so we kind of all bring our books around. We we sh- we share spells. Uh, some of the fourth years bring out back some pretty cool ones. They kind of show it off, and uh, you know, we just hang out and we talk magic and stuff. Pogo is making a strong mental note to get a book, like a notebook, so he can start actually scrolling down spell stuff. Other than that, he's just kind of standing there awkwardly. You're you're standing across from this human who's also standing there awkwardly, and he goes, Oh, by the way, my name's uh, Blaze. He goes, Blaze Young, nice oh, to God, meet you. Nice to meet you, Blaze. And he shakes your hand. He goes, let me go grab that sign-up sheet. And he goes, gets it, you sign up. Uh, was there... Anything else, or are we moving forward? Okay. I think Cecily is also going to go over to the cooking club. But this is probably long after Amelia has left, so she has no idea that Amelia has also signed up. <laughs> Great. Of course, Jeffrey is there again. He's like, hi, are, are you are you interested in cooking club? Uh, Well... Yeah, I I did a lot of cooking. Um, I used to live on um, a little uh, farm uh, kind of thing. It's 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 a temple that is for Griam. So we have 
a lot of crops and uh, I've done a fair amount of cooking in my day, but I thought, I thought maybe this would um, help me find some new recipes and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. What's your, what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh, I love making stew because you can really just throw anything in it. Yeah, no, don't I know it about stew, man? Just everything can go into it. You know, carrots, uh, peas, and, you know, uh, everything. It's kind of like the melting pot. And, and he, he kind of looks up and he's like, yeah, it's something special. And he looks you in the eyes as he says that. She's a little taken aback by this, like, deep sincerity about stew. And she's like, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I know how to make, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um when you have a lot of vegetables and 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 cattle, that's kind of you're feeding the entire church. It's kind of all you learn how to make. Um, if tell you the truth, I can't bake to save my life. Um, I'd really like to try. Um, it's a lot more down to the wire and scientific than cooking is. And uh, well, I'm not great with things that are exact measurements. He goes, "That yeah, no problem. That's that's why I'm here to help you." Help guide you along your culinary journey. Absolutely. Um, sign me up. Where's the uh, Where's the little sign-up sheet? And he hands you the sign-up sheet. And on it, you notice the name Amelia Victisolis. She just kind of keeps that in. She, she has a little grin on her face. Um, and she writes her name directly under it. Very swoopy, very, very curly and bubbly. Um... And she dots her eyes with little hearts. You are now signed up for cooking or culinary club. Any other clubs anyone's feeling? I'm still going to sign up for cheerleading. <laughs> so you head over to cheerleading where you notice a tiefling hanging out, still talking to Frederick. And she whips around and her black hair is tied into neat little ponytail. And she goes, hi, welcome to the cheerleading club. <gasps> Hi, it's so nice to meet you. It is so nice to meet you, too. My name is Cindy Captain, and I am the captain of the cheerleading club. She's like, what's your name? Uh, she she makes sure to say it a little a little louder than normal volume. And she says, my name is Amelia Victisolis, daughter of the Victisolis family. Oh, you're, uh, your fiance is Frederick, right? Yeah. Oh, that's... How did you know? Well, I've been talking to him, and, uh, you know, it it's going to be so great to have such a power couple on the team. Amelia, Amelia leans in, leans in to, to Cindy Captain, and she says, Look, just between me and you, um, I know that my fiancé can be pretty um, flirty with girls, but he gets, like, weirdly attached, like, total kind of nice guy behavior um i just i don't think that's something that you i saw i saw the way he was talking to you just be really careful okay like i'm if you ever need to talk i'm here for you okay are you being honest are you telling the truth no <laughs> okay i'm gonna roll insight and with a 19 you... insight you can <laughs> would you like yeah i was gonna say deception? go ahead and roll deception Persuasion. <laughs> Okay, so you, she has a Ford Insight, because this is one insightful cheerleader. We'll make it a little easier. You just have to beat a 20. Let's go. Dirty 21. Is that what you rolled? I did. No way. I should have kept... <laughs> right as you said I that. I should have kept right my damn thing. I've got a plus three to deception, baby. Should have stuck to my guns. But I already said, 
she goes, oh, thanks so much. Like, it is so good to have girls that care about other girls just like you. It is really nice to feel me to meet someone so genuine. Absolutely. Girls supporting girls, you know, it's so important. And you see her walk back over to Frederick and she's like, Frederick, you better treat her right. You hear me? And and Frederick's kind of um, like stumbling over his words. He's like, what? what, what? And he goes, what? It? And then he storms over you and he's like, what did you say to her? I didn't say anything that wasn't the truth, darling. All right. I see how we're playing this game. And he storms off and you see him sign up for cooking or culinary club. <gasps> and he is staring at you the whole time. And as soon as he signs his name, he pushes it into Jeffrey's chest. <gasps> oh, Amelia, like a child, sticks her tongue out at him. <laughs> and he <laughs> sticks his tongue out at you. And then you just kind of hear Cindy in the background. She goes, oh, my God, they are so cute. Um, Amelia is going to finish her sign up, say goodbye to the girls, uh, and she is going to get out of there. Does Cecily see this man just kind of be a child at Amelia? Absolutely. They are, for being secretive about it, they are not doing a very good job. <laughs> she looks at him and is like, so I take it you've met my new party member? Oh, I've done more than meet her. That's my fiance. Oh, how lovely. And she's just like beaming, this little bouncy little sunshine. Um, and she's like, um, then if you two are engaged to be wed, then um, why, why do you look so angry with her? Let's just say be careful around her. She's, she's not what she seems. And he once again storms off. I'm going to roll an insight check on that one. Okay. To Dane, whether or not he is... Um, being genuine and warning her, or just being a little childish baby like he was being before. Okay. My insight is plus four, so that's a fifteen. Holy son of a bitch! Uh, yeah. So a fifteen, you notice that he believes what he's saying. She just kind of like furrows her brow and blinks a little bit, and she's like, "Oh well, I'm." Dad said I'd be meeting all kinds of people, <laughs> and she goes back to find Sarthelion. Okay. The most trustworthy party member. So trustworthy. Uh, I think after Sarthelion joined the Alchemy Club, he would be uh, keeping an eye out for what his party members were doing uh, after okay, that. Okay, roll me perception. We're rolling good tonight, guys. We're playing real D&D now with dice rolls. Oh, natural 20. Oh my god. You've noticed everything that happens. Each sticking out of the tongue, the, the heated arguments... Uh, Frederick going up to Cecily, you see it all. He's just tapping in mental notes about everything, like like potential allies, potential weaknesses, like things he could pick apart later, or all kinds of things like that. Uh, before she leaves, Cecily gives each of the uh, cl- the like the club leaders that she signed up for a little yellow dragon, and they are all so happy about it. <laughs> Um, so with that, I think that'll close up the clubs. And you guys, did did you guys want to talk as a group about what clubs you did? As you see people starting yeah, to like pack to... up their... <laughs> Sarthelion is opinionated, <laughs> so I'm sure he has words. <laughs> I'd definitely like to meet up with everybody. <laughs> uh, Cecily's trying to meet up with everybody because these are her new best friends. Like, she's going she's gonna to follow yeah. these folks wherever they go. 
Uh, Pogo is standing at the entrance, just waving, trying to get... There's Pogo Beacon is out. Pogo Beacon! Uh, Amelia once again follows the Pogo Beacon. <laughs> so Pogo Beacon activates. Um, and you all gather around. So, what did you all join? I joined the cheerleading club. That's all. Oh, that's it? Oh, really? Uh, that's it? It's funny. There must be another. Do you have a sister also named Amelia? Because there was there was your name signed up from the cooking club uh, that I also signed up for. Um, and then I noticed your fiance also signed up for. So there must be there must be another Amelia Victor Solis lying around, isn't there? Only child. Um, are you sure Frederick didn't sign up before you? Maybe he put my name there. Oh, no, I signed mine right underneath yours. <laughs> Wonderful. Looks like we'll be spending a lot of time together. I'm so excited. I only signed up for the 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 Young Mages Association, but if you want, we could all. I still have an open spot, so we could all sign up for the same class or same club. I think I will hold my uh, second club in reservation for now. I want to see what is uh, necessary at this college. But for you, I could not think of another place you would excel even better, Pogo. Thank you. That really means a lot. I was really so, worried. Emilia, your fiancé, that's who he is? The ones you exchanged sticking tongues out at each other with? Exchange tongues? Is that, a, is that the correct term? Uh, <clears throat> I suppose you'd be referring to um, a Frederick von Vespera. Ah, I recognize the name as well. High up on the ladder. Oh, did you rob him too? <laughs> I can if you like. You know, I might actually let you get away with that one. Ah, I see. Tension. Love it. But, yes. That is, unfortunately, the man I am meant to be wed to upon graduation. Unfortunately, you do not like each other. Well, you know, you spend your whole life growing up with each other. Eventually, something has to give, right? Apparently not him. What exactly do you mean by that? I let it stew, like the cooking club. And Cecily looks like guilty as hell for no reason. <laughs> she just looks like, anxious and nervous as hell. She cannot conceal anything. <laughs> and as you get that last little quip in, and you hear from behind you, you hear, Well, 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 look who it is. If it isn't the rich kids that don't belong at this school, Pogo and Amelia. I bet your parents pulled all the strings to get you in here, huh? Excuse me? Who's, uh, Amelia's Pogo's, not even going to turn around. Pogo's going to turn be, and see who's talking. You see a ragtag group of an elf, a damp, a dampier, a grung, and a loxodon just kind of standing with their arms crossed. You know, this is a school for adventurers. Not some rich, snotty kids to just get by and steal all the money that should be going to people like us. Oh, do hey, you need money, sweetheart? I um, I can. I have a couple of gold on me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right? Are you all right financially? I could buy you lunch. Uh, that might help. Uh, it's clear this is coming from a place of. Of 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 deep insecurity and 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 and, and you know right from a from a from a hard life, and I would really just like to buy you some lunch. And the the dampier who you've noticed been has been holding an umbrella over his head the whole time shuts it and he smacks your hand with it, and he goes, "We do not need your money. 
Then why are you mad at them? For being I immediately wealthy? step up to this guy. Yeah, no, axe is out. Yeah, I draw my rapier and I step up to this guy. You hit the sunshine one. <laughs> and you see each of them. And the elf has been the one talking to you. He's a, he's a country elf. All right, it's a fight you want. It's a fight you get from Dorkian and the boys. Cecily holds him like a snort and the from the name Dorkian. Um, Dorkian and the boys. She's just kind of rubbing her, her knuckles because they're a little sore from where she, she was smacked with the umbrella. And she goes, now, now, now. Uh, I don't believe that there needs to be any fighting on school grounds. I mean, that would look terrible on your reputation, wouldn't it? And Dorkian turns to the little grung and he goes, What do you think, Plu? Do you think, uh, you think it would look bad? And Plu goes, Well, I think that it would look real good if we want to fight on our first day. Dorkian, Plu, what's the big elephant's name? Please tell me. And the big elephant. He just crosses his arms and he's like, the name's Braun. Braun! And the uh, the one who's afraid of the sun. Extreme vitamin D deficiency. Tell and me your name. he dramatically flips open his umbrella and holds it over, to head, over his head. He goes, the name is Draz Grayson. I'm not afraid of the sun. I'm not afraid of anything. Oh, then I suppose you won't be needing this. And I want to slice his umbrella. And with that, I would like everyone to roll initiative. <laughs> Yeah! Oh god. Let's go! Cecily got a 16. I wish I could take a picture. I got 17, 18, 18, 17. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. And we Pogo all 20! So Pogo and Cecily! So bad. I love that Pogo, Pogo and Cecily weren't, like, the ones trying to fight, but they're the ones ready to finish the fight. This this four makes sense though because Amelia was not giving them the time of day. She wasn't even going to turn around. So the roll low low roll makes sense for her. Yeah, fair. Uh, do I get to make an attack roll against an um, his umbrella before uh, the combat gets? I'd say you you were able to. No, yeah, go ahead and roll roll to see if you stab the umbrella. That is a fourteen. Okay. 14 beats the armor class and you tear a huge hole in this umbrella and he goes oh now it's on and he pulls out a sword from the from the umbrella a sword umbrella and everyone gets ready pogo you've just seen them get into fighting stances as you kick off pogo wants to rip one of the weapons out of their hands and just like throw it in the opposite direction. Not necessarily hit them, but strip them of their weapon and get the, their weapon away from them. Uh, Pogo's going to rage. Uh, and he's just, he's not, he's going to, with his uh, left hand, is going to grab a weapon, uh, the guy's sword, and is going to attempt to kind of pivot and rip it away and throw it. Okay. What'd you roll? 16. Okay, 16, you beat the armor class, and we'll say Dorkian pulled out like, yeah, he's just gonna pull out like a, a long sword. So he's holding the long sword, and you beat the strength checks. So you grab it, take it, and toss it. And Dorkian goes, little lizard boy doesn't want to fight. How interesting. Get him, Plu! And Plu <laughs> is going to shoot his frog-like tongue out at you. Does an 18 hit? 18 hits. 18 hits as his tongue wraps around your arm and is going to do two acid damage. Okay. Cecily. 
Alrighty, so she just kind of sighs and she just mumbles to herself, if you're gonna fight, you better fucking win. And then she she pulls her massive shield and her massive mace out and she's just gonna take a swing. That is a nat 20. Yeah! <laughs> she's gonna take a swing at Dampier Boy who hit her with his umbrella because that's fucking rude. Great, so you hit Draz Grayson, the Dampier, and tell me how much you hit him for. That is 11 plus 2. So that's um, that's 13. Um, So she just kind of walks up and looks at him and says, you like to hit things, huh? Just backhands him across the face with her mace. So Draz immediately goes down. (laughs) Um, so Draz is on the ground, and all the other ones kind of look to him. <laughs> the happy little sunshine girl murders somebody on the first day. It's just His head's just caved in. The party goes to prison. <laughs> You're not going to kill student. You're not gonna... <laughs> you see Braun. He goes, oh, it's on now. And he is going to make an attack. I'm assuming a 10 doesn't hit. No. Who was trying to hit her? The Luxodon? Yeah. Bron the Luxodon, he, he tries to charge at you and hit you with his tusks and just whiffs. She just sidesteps him. She's just going to look at the tiny little frog and say, just, just, take, just take the loss. Just take it. This is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll Persuasion. Oh, that's a nine. Uh, Plue goes, the Plue's coming, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You might you might want to think about a name change. That's just really not intimidating. But try, I, I don't know, try Crusher? I don't know. And <laughs> next would be Draz, who I'm definitely not making death saving throws over here. Um, no, 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 it's not lethal damage! And then, no, Sar- and then Sarthelion, <laughs> what would you like to do? Pogo is within five feet of Dorkian, correct? Yes. Since he just ripped the uh, the sword out of his hands. Uh, I'd like to make uh, an attack on him with my rapier. Uh, and I would like to, uh, like, if he has a belt or, like, a waistband, I'd like to cut the waistband or the belt on his pants. Amazing. Go for it. Okay. That's a natural. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'd like to make that with sneak attack if I could against his pants. I want to make his pants fall down. Okay, so describe to me what you do here. I would move around behind him, almost kind of slipping in between him and Braun. And as I do, I would slip my uh, rapier like under his belt, and then as I slip through, just pull away and cut his belt and the waistband of his pants and try to make them fall down. Yeah, you, I mean, with a natural 20, you do. And his pants are now around his ankles. He turns to look at you. What, what is, he's like, Dorkian and the boys, we, we gotta go. And you see him try to run off. Dorkian immediately falls flat on his face because his feet get caught up and on a natural one of trying to get away, just feet tangled in these pants and just boom flat on his face and you hear a voice behind you 
just go, what is going on here? Uh, Cecily is going to ignore that for now and immediately run to the person that she flattened. Um, and she is going to uh, cast Cure Wounds. I'm so sorry. There was a wardrobe malfunction. And his friend, he just could not handle the sight of his loins and passed out. You see Headmaster Juno Everhart with her wings unfurled, just staring at each of you. And she walks over to Cecily, who is standing over a downed, sorry, a downed draz. And she's going to, she's going to look at both of you and she's going to go, don't worry. We have the infirmary to take care of students like this. She's got tears in her eyes. She's like, I didn't, I didn't mean to hit him that hard. I, I he, he was just being really mean to my new friends. And, and I, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. And you see two, two people dressed in all white with the red cross on their head, come over with stretchers and they put them on and they take them off or take him out. And Juno looks at the three remaining and she goes, Dorkian. I think you've all had punishment enough getting your asses handed to you in such a way. She goes, get out of my sight. And they all like scamper off. Uh, Dorkian still trying to pull up his pants and not doing a very good job. And Juno turns to the four of you. As for you all, a fight on your first day. I would like to see you all in my office first thing tomorrow morning. Headmistress, if I may, I was not involved and in the she fight. puts her hand in front of your face and gives you that, like, silence motion and cuts you off. And she says, first thing, my office, tomorrow morning. Yes, ma'am. And she walks off. Thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of the Minds Never Matter podcast. I am Noah Bryan, your DM, joined by Anna Williams as Amelia Victasolis, Aaron Owens as Pogo Stardust, Taylor Murchie as Cecily Belgrion, and Nick Tavanis as Sarthelian Gray, with additional thanks to one of our editors, Maven Gunter. Join us for episode two in two weeks to find out what happens to our adventurers as they face the headmaster's office. We can't thank you enough for your support. See you soon. Oh man, don't I know it. I think I've lost the voice for the bugbear. <laughs> huh. Let me. I've changed characters. I am just, just you know. Jeffrey, there's two bugbears: Jeffrey. Jeffrey Cook and Beffrey Book. Beffrey Book.